Did you know that kinky wellness is integral to your self-development? Hi, my name is Dana Shrigal. I'm a kinky wellness coach and owner of The Partition, home of kinky wellness. Each Monday, I bring on a guest to discuss why kinky sexual wellness deserves a seat in the wellness conversation. You can catch my solo shows on Wednesdays, but let's jump into it. Hey, and welcome back. Today, we are joined by L'Oreal Noel and Ainsley Burroughs. They are the driving forces behind the Sweet Spot Burlesque, and together they lead an artistic revolution, redefining the boundaries of burlesque performance with a unique blend of sensuality, empowerment, and artistic expression. Today, we are going to have an authentic conversation about empowerment through expression, so let's welcome Ainsley and L'Oreal to the show. Welcome Ainsley and L'Oreal to the show. How are you doing today? Good, good, good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We're doing great. Well, I'm excited to dig deeper into the sweet spot and just how that represents uh, everything that we're going to talk about today, which is empowerment through expression. So we can just start with how you met and a little bit more about the sweet spot nation. So we met in 2010 and within three days of meeting, Ainsley invited me to the sweet spot. He had already been running it for at least four, five or six years um, at that point. And um, when I came to the show, I just really fell in love with the show. I thought it was so inspiring. It was unlike anything I'd seen before. It was so much fun. And that fun really stayed and lasted with me for, for well, up until now, <laughs> as you can see. Um, but... The sweet spot, if I can describe even my first experience, it's a burlesque show. And burlesque, uh, we go back to one of the original meanings of burlesque, which was a variety show. So it includes sensual dance or burlesque dance, but it also includes um, different parts like erotic poetry, BDSM demos, um, shibari. shibari demos, also things like comedy. Sometimes we have stand-up comic. So the sweet spot is a different burlesque experience than I've seen at all. And that's how we got, that's how we got started in 2010. He would consult with me from then after different shows. And we kind of learned that, wow, we have this synergy. And I decided I want to be a part of this. And I told, we started dating and I told Ainsley, look, not only are we together together, but we're going to do business together. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I wanted to, you know, really run the operations of the show. I, I, I always wanted to run my own business. And we went from, at the time that I met him, the show went from being in five cities to over 30 cities. Wow. So it's just something that just took on a life of its own right after we met. Well, I love that you explained a little bit more of the variety aspect of it, because from my understanding, or at least some of the burlesque shows that I've seen, it's just been true. It's just been dancing, I guess I want to say. I haven't ever seen a show with um, poetry in it, that's for sure, which is quite yeah. exciting. So I think that that's quite fun. Yeah, yeah. so it, it, in essence, what we do, our show is more like it's all popular forms of erotica under one umbrella our particular show. Other burlesque shows just do erotic dance. And we're like, if it's comedy, poetry, music, erotic readings, erotic games, like everything to do with erotica and sex positivity, we put on the one umbrella and it's just fun. Was that always the intention when you started this to yes. always have the erotic element to it? 
So before I started doing the Swiss, I used to always do um shows that were just um multidisciplinary shows. So I'd have always have live painting on stage, I have a live band, I have poetry, and I'd have music. And the only thing that I really changed in terms of doing the sweet spots, like I changed it to be erotica, all erotica, but then I added dancing. And the dance is what kind of made it more move towards like burlesque, burlesque. And originally it wasn't even like burlesque dance, it was like modern or jazz, but an erotic version of it. So mm -hmm. that's how we originally started. But all the entire show was just all erotica from the beginning. And 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 yeah, to be very specific, the intention was always erotica because yeah. that's how that's how it grew because Ainsley created the show in reaction to people who had sort of a negative reaction to a erotic and love and poetry album that he had put out because they knew him as a, a, a political poet. So when he put out this love and erotica album, he got this, this pushback. This push like, hey, what happened? And so he decided, I'm going to start this whole event that really celebrates erotica and love. And really, um, and the, the intention was also always to keep it mainstream so that there's an entry point for people to really celebrate um, sex positivity uh, without getting into more niche areas that they might not be ready for. So that was always the intention. Well, I love that because, you know, when it comes to sexuality and things that always around sex, some people can be super timid. And so to give it yeah. into an area where people can entry level into this yeah. and be like, you know what, it's not as scary what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So is that the reaction now that you've gotten is that more people are like, wow, this is actually quite interesting and fun. Yes. And we actually in making the sweet spot itself mainstream. And we make sure there's no full nudity, there's no genitals, there's none of that, but it still is very erotic, it's very sexy, it's very sex positive, but we make sure it's very, if my mom can't come see the show, the show can't happen. <laughs> so that's one of the, the uh, our avatars would be like, if my mom can't see the show, then, and my mom is in her 60s, so. And uh, she's a minister. And she's a minister. Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so if she can't come and she can't bring her to church, we might have to change some stuff. Well, I think that's a good message that you're pushing. And you also mentioned that the sweet spot is trying to challenge sexual taboos. And in your opinion, how does that do that? So the sweet spot uh, has been going on for years now. It started in 20, 2006. And the show has really evolved over that time. We were doing upwards of 75 to 100 shows a year. And so that's over more than 10 years. Over that time, we've really had the opportunity to connect to our audiences all around the country, from the East Coast to the West Coast, Midwest, North, South, all across the country. And we really started to learn about how to connect with them. We learned about what are their boundaries? Where can we sort of push their understanding and give them more understanding? And in that time, we developed things in the show that start to break through those sexual taboos. So for example, at the top of the show, you know, we call the show the sweet spot and we call ourselves a nation. And as a nation, we have a pledge. And in the pledge, we say, we have everyone raise their hand and put it on their hearts. And we say, and we have them say, I promise mm -hmm. to keep my heart open, to keep my mind open, to keep my mouth open and receive all the blessings of the sweet spot nation. 
And even that mantra, it affects people psychologically. And it tells them you're in a space where everybody has decided to make this commitment together. And so it's a safe space where we can, you know, have fun and be open to the conversations and the things that are happening on stage. So that's that's one example of how we're able to, in a entertainment fashion, yeah. sort of get people along and start to break down certain taboos. And we have things like that peppered throughout the show. Yeah. And it's always about fun, but showing you that you can you can you can kind of think in a different light than maybe you've always been thinking. Enthusiastic. We also we also at the top thing. of every show, big thing that that's a part of the show because it's like sometimes people are in certain spaces and they don't know how to behave. So at the top of the show, we talk about enthusiastic consent, and we say consent is mandatory. Consent is is sexy. Consent is fluid, and those just little things like that. People might just hear it at the show, or they hear it the second time, the third time, and it becomes a part of their life how they think about consent. And it's little things like that that we do. And I I, I think it's, it helps. And 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 just to give you one more example, because we're talking about taboos. And one of the big taboos, right, is how people feel sometimes about, well, specifically, I'm going to talk about in our audience, sometimes we have uh, male dancers. We don't just have female burlesque dancers. Sometimes we have male dancers. And the host, sometimes, which is Ainsley, will while they're introducing yeah, this dancer so, yeah, so when we're introducing a dancer right <laughs> because i grew up in a patriarchy i understand it right as a man and i say to the guys guys listen we're gonna have a male dancer as a heterosexual, as a heterosexual man and i know how heterosexual men think like i speak fluid heterosexual so the, i'm like guys are about to have a uh a male dance on the stage and everybody's like that's how we started out originally. I was like, listen, I know what you're feeling. You feel a little discomfort. Like you want to go to the bathroom or go to the bar. That And the, that discomfort you're feeling, that's a patriarchy leaving your body. And I know you're thinking, oh, my God, I can't watch a man on stage. And I know what the patriarchy tells you that's going to make you guess. Like, that's not how gay works because I know what your fear is. And it's kind of over years of doing it. Now, originally, when we started to have male dancers, the men would get up and go to the bar. Now, they're like, oh, cool. I can watch a show, enjoy a man dance on stage, and it's fine. And it's little things like that we do. Well, it sounds exciting to see the change over time from when you started to how people are receiving it now. And that must be super empowering as well to see like that you are making changes within the industry as well. I would agree. I do. I do feel that difference. And, and I've seen it even from certain customers from one show to the next. Like um, a customer will come to the show first time, maybe they heard about it through a friend and they'll be, you know, dressed pretty casually and just kind of like nonchalant. When they come to the second show, they come dressed to the nines and they're like, hey, L'Oreal and Ainsley, look at me. (laughs) I'm ready. I brought my friend and la la la. Yeah. (laughs) And it's a real thing because even like dressing up and being really like dressing up for yourself, is a way of feeling sexy and celebrating yourself. It's a way of and celebrating your yourself. It's a way of like building your confidence and those small things we put in the show. And people might not know it, but they they start to mimic it. 
and it makes mm. people better people and and make people live richer lives. We honestly believe that, and we've seen how it's you know affected people and changed people. So. And we've gotten that feedback from people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I do think that dressing up is a form of artistic expression, which is a main point and a big powerful point that you put out with your shows. And how would that be? How is artistic expression so important? Or why is it so important for you to deliver that message to people? Um, I think that the artists or the expressive part of us, of, of humans, especially in the world we live in today, is something that we have as children, right? Mm. And to living in life, it gets put in a small little box to a point that you be like, oh, that person doesn't need to be around anymore. And we lose something. And I think that getting people to connect again with that part of themselves, it really helps you become a better person because there's this part of yourself that you locked away. And now you're like, oh, I'm going to dress up tonight. I'm going to go out. I'm going to have fun. And even just a fact of like public displays of joy. Is a, is a is another act of it's like some kind of like act of uplifting yourself or like making yourself feel better about life and um and building better relationships like you know like all those things especially after after the pandemic we've seen that people really have leaned into just enjoying life more. And I would also add that I feel very strongly that the arts are are so important, including erotic arts in creating new pathways for people in their minds, because there's only so much that you can learn from standard education, from conversations, but the arts, they yeah. they create, uh, they hit notes that are different and mm-hmm. they create new pathways, they create different understandings in ways that, um, for example, poetry, when you say a statement just direct, that impacts you differently than when something is said poetically. Suddenly you understood the same thought, but you understood it differently and at a deeper level. And that's what I believe the arts do in general and burlesque shows and our show, you know, it's creating these new pathways for people to appreciate the world around them and themselves. And that, that, yeah, Yeah. for sure makes us better people, I believe. Well, I certainly appreciate both of your statements and and the public display of joy. I really like that because I do feel when you look around, maybe I live in a big city over here, but there isn't that quite uh, emotional joy when you're walking up and down. And so when you see someone actually displaying joy, you can't help but being like, oh, yes. Yeah, it's contagious. It's like the thing about the show sometimes, sometimes there's these moments in the show that is so much joy in the room that somebody give you a high five. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we did that. It's, it's like this, it's very communal. The show is very communal. It's very back and forth, call and response. Very like, and it's, I know it sounds weird to say this. It feels sometimes very spiritual. <laughs> like where it gets to a point where it's just like, it's this thing that's happening and everybody in the room is a part of it. And it's beautiful. I've seen dancers on stage just make dance so powerful that you can see people like frozen or in just in total awe and it's not just about the 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 nudity or taking off clothes it's just the movement of the body Mm. that's so beautiful that people are just like the combination of the lights and the sound and the, the movement is just so um, overwhelming sometimes that you can just see the audience is just struck. 
part of what Ainsley is describing is that we create an immersive environment where there's blurring of lines between the performers and the audience. And so that gives the audience an opportunity to now feel like they're on stage, they're they're performing, they're they're important, they're, they're creating, centered, yeah, they're, creating. they're creators. And so that's all part of the energy that's happening in the spaces, the immersive nature that we create. Well, I was going to say that I do agree that it's a spiritual element, like whether it's burlesque or kinky wellness, I think when we do connect to that sexual side of ourselves, that is a spiritual moment because you're more honest with yourself. You can't help but be more honest with yourself. And, you know, being honest with yourself can be scary. But once you do, um, that is it is spiritual. It doesn't have to do anything with organized religion or anything like that. But that is a spiritual moment for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's like, there's always, and we always wait for it in the show. There's always this moment where like everybody in the room is on the same page. And it's always like such a beautiful moment. Wonderful. Well, I did see a term on your website, uh, edutainment, and it sounds like that's what your shows are. And I love the word. And if you could describe it a little bit more, that would be great. Sure, sure. Well, I, it's a little bit of what we were describing earlier when we were talking about how do we feel that the, the show is, you know, pushing the boundary on taboos and breaking taboos. For us, that's part of the education element, but we, we, we channel it all through entertainment, everything being an, an entertaining environment. So whether it's pushing the taboos or whether it's teaching people who might be interested in something like Shibari, showing them, okay, this is how it should be done. Talking to them about- Explain the rules. Explaining the rules, explaining consent. If you're interested in learning more about Shibari, this is how you can learn it responsibly. You know, um, so it's different prongs, but all of the show is geared towards building a culture of positivity. And that's the education element of it. Yeah. So your shows are just so much more than just a show. Like it, it sounds like it's literally everything. It's the sex education that we all wish we had. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah that, that's so, a great way to describe it <laughs> it is it's literally that's literally it so how with your shows how do you celebrate sexual empowerment and liberation is it through all the movement in the classes or do you outreach into the crowds and ask people for feedback as well so all right so i think it's it's a it's an interesting thing right so the people so me and l'oreal are the main people that produce the show but all the Performers put their input in it, right? So the energy that goes into the show is about upliftment. It's about sexual liberation. It's about sex positivity. So all of us, because of the things that we believe and the things we put into the show, when the show shows up, people feel it naturally. And when they feel it, they connect to it. And we've had people, conversations, when people are like, so I would normally never go to a show like this. This is not my thing. I'm very conservative, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. This is not my thing. I would, matter of fact, friend of yours has been inviting me to come to the show for two years and I refuse to go to the show because this is not my thing. I don't do this kind of stuff. But 
I said, you know what? Let me try. And she came to the show. And we had a two-hour conversation with her after after, after she saw oh, the wow. show. We ran to her by accident in the streets in, in Brooklyn. And she's like, I just want to thank y'all. Because I was always thinking it's this thing. And when I went there and I saw the women on the stage dancing and the way they were so powerful and the way they moved and they they she's like I was so shocked because I'm in the audience watching the dancers on the stage and she came off the stage and she was my height. Mm -hmm. I thought she was larger like, than life. She's, like, mm -hmm. she's like I thought she was like six feet tall. Mm -hmm. And it's this thing that she explained that she realized that she was blocking out so much of herself that she is now rethinking everything about her relationships, about sex, about intimacy, about power, about all these things. And she's like, I've incorporated this, what I got from the show into my regular life and into my relationship. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. So that's what happens a lot in the show where we're like, we need to make sure what we're pouring into the show is goodness. And that what we, that we pour so much goodness in it that you'll see it. Like if you if you're in the room, you'll see it and you'll feel it. And with regards to empowerment, there's something very powerful about women removing their clothes and the way that we we encourage our burlesque dancers, because sometimes they go to other burlesque shows, they perform for other burlesque shows. And in those shows, they are discouraged from showing too much sexual sexual energy yeah too much sensuality yes i see the confusion on your <laughs> yeah face. i'm a little I'm, confused i'm like wait isn't that the whole point of these shows 100 <laughs> i'm like if you're taking your clothes off it's called striptease i should want to like well, i should be aroused right and it's it's a difficult thing particularly for women of color for black women dancers when they go into spaces sometimes they're they're seen as like, as overly sexual and 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 told to tone down and oh. on our stage we're like no this is what it's supposed to be people are supposed to feel aroused and that brings out an energy in them that is so powerful and you can see it and feel it you feel the power you feel them owning their body and saying i am displaying my body the way that i want to it's it's i it's hard for me to describe kind of have to feel it and be there. But I've heard over and over again, particularly from women watching the show, how much they themselves feel empowered by watching the burlesque dancers on stage. And I think that's what it is. We just need visualizations to see almost role models that are out there doing it in order for us to follow suit. And to hear that, to be in a burlesque situation and someone's asking you to tone it down. Yeah, that's that's confusing to me as well. <laughs> that, that's a real thing in the burlesque community. Yes. And it happens Very like much. even I've been to burlesque shows and I'm like, why is everybody nullifying their sexuality mm. while they're taking off their clothes? And it's, it's a weird space to be in. I'm like, this is supposed to be a celebration of sex and sexuality. And, and being positive about sex. And then, I don't know how to explain it. It's confusing to me. But I guess that's why so, our show is the way So what is. we do, we're like, <laughs> we're going to create a space where if you want to lean into your sexuality, this is a place to do it. 
Yes. And I think that that's what we really should be doing is leaning into it more rather than shying away from it. And that's just for the average person as well. Cause I think that a, a lot of people are scared to lean into their sexuality and like just in sex in general. And yeah. you can do that through expression and, and through your shows and burlesque dancing, stripping. It doesn't always have to be a sexual like act like intercourse or yeah. something like that. It's a much wider term. Yeah. Absolutely. That that spectrum is so long and so big. So <laughs> I didn't mean so. But for sure, we can we can we can keep this show totally mainstream and you're still feeling all of these 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 things these that things. are these great things yeah. that um you don't necessarily get to feel on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Now, for the person that was a little bit scared to come to your show, now, is there any other types of things that you wish people knew about what you put out in your message that people might have a wrong idea about that you want to clarify? It's hard to say because, you know, when you use words like erotica um, or BDSM or, or keywords like that, regardless of anything, it's going to be a trigger word for people mm. that are like, well, I, I can't, I don't. Uh. So it's really, what's really been effective is word of mouth. Yeah. People come to the show and they have an experience and they say, wow, it's, you know what? In Atlanta on Sunday, we just had a show on Sunday. It was fantastic. I had just finished performing. I came off the stage. I was by the bar and this man walked up to me and he says, I came here from Miami and he said, I didn't know what to expect. I guess he was brought with someone. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, and I'm conservative. He used that word. Yeah. He said, I'm conservative. So I was worried. He said, but it's fantastic. Like, this is fantastic. I'm having such a great time. And and thank you so much and, and so forth. And so that to me really says, you know, how we're able to just kind of yeah. break through so many boundaries, but to get them there in the first place, I, there's only so much we can say. Mm. Yeah, I, think, I think the biggest misconception people have is that erotica is for those people. Those people are into sex and most people are, I think erotica is for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it makes people better people. Sex positivity makes you a better person. Of course, you get to deal with certain things about yourself and understand certain things about yourself that you can't get anywhere else. It's almost like you can't get a song from writing. You have to hear somebody sing it, and it's in the hearing that you you, you get what's in the song. You can write it down and look at the words, and it's not the same. You have you need the voice mm. for that. So the 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 sound of erot like the erotica itself or, or erotica is a specific thing that the human, the human, like the self needs. And without it, you're going to have gaps in who you are as a human. I totally agree. And I think when it comes to erotica, we all have it, whether it's dormant or sleeping, or we've just lost touch to it. And sometimes all we do is just need that spark to come back and be like, there it is. There it is. I feel it. I feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So <laughs> And I think the avenues, again, to expand on that umbrella, I think the empowerment that we get through the expression of just the full body movement is important as well. Not We're not supposed to be so, I don't believe humans are meant to be so tight and sit all day. Like we're supposed to be big and we're supposed to take up space. We agree 100%. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so just on like the back end of your shows, when you are preparing for this, like how long does a show typically take to, to kind of prepare for? Well, it's kind of a year long endeavor. And what I mean by that is we return to every city that we perform in every just about months. every three months. The schedule was definitely exact before the pandemic. Now it's kind of, we're still figuring things out. However, every time we return to a city, we have a new performance. So that new means, show. yeah, a new show. So all the performances are all brand new. All the music that we play throughout is brand new. So once we finish developing a show, it could take three months, give or take, to develop it. While we're performing it, we're already starting to develop the, the next, next quarter show. show. Oh, wow. Right. Right. So so busy, 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 busy. <laughs> we're always creating new work and cre and it's kind of like it's it's fun because at the beginning we're like, oh my god, oh, so how are we gonna make a show that's better than this last show? That's always our challenge. Like, how do we up our game? And mm -hmm. all our performers, they all just they just jump in head first, and we all critique each other and help to make the pieces better, the the, the performances better. And we all put in ideas for music and we do whatever edits or whatever changes we have to do to make the show work. We figure it out and it works every single time. And this is, I mean, if you can tell, this is our full-time endeavor. This is our livelihood. So we got to keep it churning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This happens to be fun though. <laughs> yes, it happens to be a lot of fun. Well, it must be touching because you do connect with your viewers and you do connect with people and you can change people's lives and you do change people's lives through what you do. Now, do you have any tips for people listening just how they might be able to connect to their erotic side at home? All right. Easiest, easiest mm -hmm. way. Easiest way to um, connect with your erotic side, I think, is through reading erotic, right? Because what that does is it kind of lubricates the mind and get the mind going and you know like your brain starts it's like it's like the 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 your brain starts building the, the structures of the erotic life mm -hmm. and then you could be like share it with your partner so now you read the erotica to your partner and now it's two people building a, you know so i think that would be the easiest way to start L'Oreal. Yeah, that's a great no that's a good one i think that people can even like i i feel like i've said this before but like if you read it and then reenact it almost like it's a script and like if they whatever the, they're doing in the book you just do it too and see how that goes i mean i i often start from a place of self-love and so one thing that i know i experienced for myself many years ago, and so I, I often share it with other people, is to look at yourself in the mirror and to talk to yourself. You know, say, I love you, you're beautiful, you're sexy, look at your body parts in the mirror, touch it. Doesn't have to be sensual touch at first, could just be regular, like, oh, that's what that feels and looks like. So that's, that's typically a starting point that I like to advise people when they're looking to reignite themselves. 
And to your point, I think that that it's funny, it sounds so simple just to look at yourself and say, I love you and to touch yourself, but people are very disconnected out of their body. And we seem to be a little bit scared of it sometimes. And so really sitting and looking at yourself and don't look at like the flaws, because that's the first thing people tend to do is, but we need to kind of move away from that because we're more than that. We're just like, we're so many things. And so it is important to tell yourself, Hey, I do love you. Because some days are tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some days are yeah. tough. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any other main messages that you, that the Sweet Spot Nation really aims to put out there, like a specific message and goal that you want everyone to leave with after they're done watching your show? Um, that sex and erotica can be fun. Because a lot of times people, they're so serious about the whole thing. It's like, it's something that's here for you to enjoy. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be something to fuss over. It's like, hey, I'm going to the park to walk around nice today. <laughs> I'm going to have a glass of water. <laughs> that's how we should a- approach erotica. And there's a way to do it yeah. responsibly. Yeah where you can you can push all these boundaries and you can do it responsibly and have fun. Absolutely. And I think responsibly is a key word here because I feel like when we see things like this, it tends to be through pornography, which isn't a really good example. And so the artistic side of it, I think it's almost in the shadow of pornography because it's always pornography. And there is a lot of art within this and it is different and it's outside of the box. And there's a lot of colors and vibrantness there that we tend to miss when it comes to our sexual education that yes. your show is definitely honing in on, which I really, really love. Thank you. Yeah. Thank that, you. That Thank you. I, I love how you're like, this is the sexual education class we always, we all wish we had. Yeah. I agree completely. Yeah. Well, it touches on so many things, which is great because that's the thing, like sex is not just one thing. And I think we've been conditioned to the very mechanical elements of it. And without that mental, spiritual, emotional elements, it's really not, it doesn't give you the full effect of what it's just supposed to do. Yeah. Right. right. And how it can enrich your life. Yeah. A big part of it, like our show is at the core about enrichment. Like you get something. You might not get everything from the show, but you walk away a better person. Absolutely. Now, is there anything, that any big shows coming up that you want to talk about or what's next for the Sweet Spot Nation? So right now we're already starting to plan our shows for the winter that are going to start up end of January, beginning of February. And those were going to be, you know, hitting our usual cities, New York, Baltimore, D.C., Atlanta, uh, Atlanta looks like it's going to happen. Then we're going to Detroit and Chicago. Oh, Detroit and Chicago. We might be going to Philadelphia next year. And we're hoping to get back into the West Coast and into the South um, sometime next year. So those are all. Yeah. <laughs> what city are you in i'm in canada so i'm around toronto so i'm oh, up there i would you let me know <laughs> we used to be in toronto we, we was at um last place rebel. el mocombo then we was at rebel we were yeah. at three different venues there this was like 2013 
If I'm I not can. too far from New York, I would drive. Like, yeah. I, I feel like if you're ever in Toronto, I'm going to that show for sure, for <laughs> sure, for sure. You let me know. I will tell everyone here. All right. You know what? We will bring the show to Toronto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, is there, where else can my listeners find you? So if you want to get all information about a sweet spot, you go to sweetspotnation.com. Exactly how it's spelled. Sweetspotnation.com. Or you go Sweet Spot Nation on IG or Sweet Spot Nation on TikTok or Sweet Spot Nation on Facebook. It's always the same. Sweet Spot Nation. Well, thank you so much for coming back on or coming on the show here. I had such a great conversation. This was truly lovely. And for my listeners, I will see you on Wednesday. And as always, stay kinky. Yay. <laughs> thank you.